actually. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Welcome back to the pod. <laughs> um, good morning, everyone. Welcome back good to morning. the pod. <laughs> good evening. Good night. <laughs> um, I'm Anna. That's Ollie. Hello. And, Welcome back. Um, it's been a, it's been a uh, we were on a brief hiatus. Welcome yep. back. Um, back with more A24. I kept saying A24 last episode, and I did not hear the end of it from the fans. Nerd. Was getting absolutely roasted. Apparently, I'm not um, a big enough A24 fanboy. Um, how are you doing, Ollie? How's your week been? I'm doing pretty well. I saw a lot of things this week. Uh, not not just like I, I don't mean just like I watched a lot of movies and shit. Like I literally saw a lot of shit. Like last night, I was on the metro, taking like the last metro home at like 12:30, and we get to one of the stops all the doors like open and they stay open really long. We're like, what the fuck's going on? And then suddenly cops storm all the doors <gasps> and start like running up and down the metro. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? And they like 20 cops, like tackle this dude in the metro the and fuck? start like beating him in the like station. And then the doors just close and we pull away. And everyone on the metro is just like, what? Is <laughs> Wait, that is horrible. Yeah, it was really fucked. And there was like people like yelling at the cops, like, fuck you. Like, what? Yeah, and, yes. and it was like, whoa, <laughs> I'm just trying to get home. <laughs> like, it's like really late. Yeah. Oh my God. That was, that was, that was pretty fucked. But uh, other than that, crazy weeks as well. Just like in terms of, uh, I got back from Toronto, mm-hmm. um, which was really fun. Had a lot of fun in Toronto. Um, and I just saw so many things. So my recommendation section this week is going to be, jam-packed i don't know about you how was your week it was good um okay so friday crazy so friday me and my friend go to a party and i don't know a ton of people in new york so i'm trying to like branch out so we meet this guy he seems pretty cool we go back to his apartment because they're having an after and i meet his roommate and his roommate is like a super normal guy average looking he's wearing like a gray hoodie like we're talking he works at a startup but he really likes acting so that's what he wants to do blah 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 So we exchange Instagrams because that's how it is these days Mm -hmm. and immediate a couple flags off the back. So number one, he, I mean, off the bat, number one, he's verified on Instagram. Ooh. Okay. Number two, crazy people follow him. Like Uma Thurman's daughter, Maya Hawk followed him. And I'm like, okay, he's probably someone's kid. Right. So I go to look him up online. Dude, he is someone's fucking nephew. He's Bill Clinton's nephew. Bruh. Dude. <laughs> That's a red And I flag. was like, this is crazy. So I was like, Helen, my friend Helen, I was like, we have to go out with them again tonight. So we went out with them again last night as well. Damn. Um, Raging yes. with the Clintons. Yeah, I mean, I'm a But his name planner. isn't Clinton because you didn't know that right away. So he's, he's like... Hillary's side of the family or Bill's no, side his of the last family? name is Clinton I just didn't immediately you... associate it with <laughs> the political side ah this very wealthy man in New York is also named Clinton dude like this person like yeah that's it's crazy and like I said before I'm a social climber and also an opportunist so I ate that shit up I love it welcome to New York baby best city <laughs> on earth um and I have a raging, raging hangover right now, but I'm going to power through because I'm so excited to talk about this movie with you. Cool. What are we talking about? This week, we are talking about Moonlight. Moonlight. Very cool. I did not remember watching this movie at all. Um, I watched it when it like came out, 
mm-hmm. um, because all the hoopla around it, which we will get to. Um, but yes. yeah, it's it's watching it again has reinforced that this is top three A twenty four movies, m- maybe top two. I'd have to really really look at the list of A twenty four movies to 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 reevaluate that, but it's it's up there. It's one of the better A twenty four movies, I think. Um, yeah, I feel like people forget about it. I mean, A twenty four has done a lot, but like true. people kind of forget about it in between. And this like- one is kind of like not like the others mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very successful movie. Very successful and like deservedly so. I watched a TikTok. I, I'm on movie TikTok ever since we started this podcast because yes. I like send Anna a lot of TikToks. And also I just feel like I'm liking them more because I need to stay more like in tune with what other people are saying yeah. about film. Um, and I watched a video where the guy was like top uh, movies of each year. And he said that Moonlight, this guy that I follow on TikTok, who's like a really famous movie guy, was like, Moonlight is my best movie of the decade. And I was like, whoa, that's a, that's a bold bold move. Um, Uh, So yeah, some people really freaking love this movie. So we get it better be careful what we say here. Yes, um, I can dive into some. Yeah, you want to give us the, now that we're practiced in, in brevity. (laughs) <laughs> and shorter descriptions. You have one so, minute to describe Moonlight, which is really hard because this movie, <laughs> the synopsis of this one is really difficult. I'm about to nail this though right now. Ready? Okay. okay. So Moonlight 2016, directed by Barry Jenkins, co-written as well. The movie is loosely adapted from an unproduced play by Terrell Alvin McCraney called In the Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. It follows Chiron a young black American boy growing up in the projects of Liberty City, Miami. Um, And it follows him in three stages. So first as a young boy called Little, uh, then as the adolescent Chiron, and then as an adult called Black. Um, And they're all played by different actors. Um, Alex R. Hibbert, Ashton Sanders, and Trevante Rhodes in order. Those are their names. Um, We meet Little as he's being chased by some other boys, you know, like they're about to beat him up. Um, and he hides in this like abandoned house and, uh, he's found by an adult man named Juan, who's played by Mahershala Ali. And the story goes from there. Chiron grows up in a very emotionally complicated home life. He's figuring out his sexuality, how he fits into the world. Um, um, and you know, we get to witness his life unfold in the like binds of masculinity and sexuality and class. And I think more than anything, like being black in America. Um, yes. Yeah, for sure. I like what you said at the end there. I think that this movie, uh, the way I would describe it to someone is that it's the intersections of um, like, like you said, like sexuality and like, like masculine sexuality and like the discovery mm-hmm. of adolescent sexuality, the intersection that that has with like growing up black in America and growing up poor in America, yes. like the intersectionalities between being black, being poor and being spoiler alert, being gay. Mm-hmm. These are very like uh, complicated, like, like Chiron finds himself very uh, conflicted throughout the whole movie yeah and i think that's this movie is about like not feeling like anyone wants you in this world yeah oh you're so and, right and and still and and that's why like the opening song every n-word's a star like that song is just like and and, and the, the, the i want to know more about this play that they talk about because like mm. i think that like 
that's what this movie's about. This movie's about um, feeling like you're wanted by anyone, literally yeah. anyone. Um, and that's what makes it so good. Um, yeah, wow. So Anna, like when you well, rewatch this just now, uh, let's do the rose thorn. Like what was the, yeah. that, what was the new, what was a new thing that you, cause like every time you rewatch it, you notice something new. What did you notice yeah. new this time? What did you kind of like wish there was a little bit more of? Okay. Yes. So I'm looking through my notes. So, um, something that really stuck out to me was how I love how this movie does like the adolescent portion and like figuring out your sexuality. Cause I feel like it really captures how, um, any LGBTQ plus or non-straight person experiences when they realize that they're gay or like, or like not straight, um, mm-hmm. but how terrifying that is and how confusing that can be and how I, like this movie makes you take a really hard look at that um, because this movie is obviously through the lens of Chiron's perception. Um, so I liked that a lot. That spoke to me. Um, something that I love, love, love about this movie is, I mean, this movie takes on a really impossible task of like, not just like casting one main role well, casting like so many main roles well. All the acting is amazing. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, A24 knows how to cast kids like no one else. Oh my the ki- God. The child actors in the first third of this movie it, it reminded me of mid nineties too. Like mm. they were better than Sonny Soljic, but even then like kid actors, for some reason, even like I'm thinking hereditary here. I'm thinking like Florida project. Every, every, yeah. Every a 24 movie that has kids in it are just like a level above fucking Macaulay Culkin ass, like <laughs> shitty actor, the child actors, you know, like yes. where are they, where are they finding these amazingly talented children? Yes. I'm trying to think of like one thing that could be a thorn about this movie, but I honestly like, I was so distracted by all the things I loved about this movie that I wasn't even looking Mm -hmm. for something to criticize. I think that uh, my secret, like my like uh, rose that uh, I think like flies under the radar for a lot of people is the music, the music in this movie, Mm. which of course being like a, a, it, it's really cool that they get to like do different uh, time periods. So like there's a lot of soul yeah. from when he's growing up, which uh, like is really influential in his life and like soul music, like the kind of themes they talk about is also very like reflective of like what he's going through, like yeah. adolescence and like finding like love and all that um, mixed with like rap and like hip hop, which is yeah. like, so like, like just fire the later scene when it cuts to like black like the last third yeah. and he's just like vibe like riding dirty in his car yeah that is so cool like mm-hmm. and, and the music throughout is just amazing and then i was like i gotta figure out who this who did the music to this and i looked it up it's nicholas Bertel who did oh, succession yeah. dude the succession theme goes so hard so hard like <laughs> oh my god but th- so True. does this like entire movie like um I think the music throughout and the sound design in general. I also thought that the the, the way that this movie is shot, um, mm. I felt like I was watching Euphoria. I felt like I was watching Euphoria in that like the colors. Um, they for sure filmed this on film as well because everything mm. is out of focus constantly. <laughs> yeah. Whoever was on the camera like was just fucking around with the with the focus because yeah, and and those shots where there's like panning 
there's a there's a specific scene i'm thinking of but there's a few that are pretty like intoxicatingly dizzying yes that is such a good word for it but there's one specifically like when they're adolescence in the middle of the movie and uh the bully i forget who the bully's character's name is um it's like a couple the 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 dude with like the long hair oh yeah okay who like is like the bully the one that's like in his life throughout um there's a scene where like chiron walks out and this this, the dude like starts walking towards him but they film it in a way that he's like walking in the center of the of the shot and it and it looks like he's walking in a circle because he's just like walking forever and the camera is constantly rotating Mm -hmm. but it rotates like three or i counted like three or four times so he like walks and it's like what is this like going what is going on like he's he's literally like the what is meant to be like what is meant to be going on is just that he's just walking towards chiron but Mm -hmm. it's like this like like a shark circling its prey before it fucking attacks that's what it felt like it was like and and because it's shot on film it's so grainy it's so blurry like you have no idea what's going on you could barely focus on him in the center let alone all the other stuff moving Mm. in the background it's just so it's shot so particularly um in a way that's very reminiscent of, of, of euphoria to me yes so i was watching okay so if anyone Ollie, are you a huge nerd like me? And have you watched many crash course videos on YouTube about like, like the one that like Hank Green and like John? Oh, yeah, I love crash course. Fucking I eat that shit up. So they do film critic or like those are fantastic. Yeah, we would watch those in my film studies class. Like there are like actually good, like there's good info in those. So episode 13 is about Moonlight and they talk about how the movie uses realism so like all the techniques are not meant to disrupt or like you know they're meant to go unnoticed right so this movie is very realistic you're like in the movie but then they use formalism which is where the form is more important than the content so the shots are like really cut like exactly what you were just talking about they use hard formalism at the most important moments Mm -hmm. to like draw you in um an example would be like um, at the beginning when Chiron and Kevin, you know, when they're fighting and Kevin says like, I knew you were tough. Um, and they kind of have like an embrace. Um, the camera does the same thing where it pans around yeah. them. That is, um, it happens a multiple times. Like that mm-hmm. circling. It happens to him on the beach as well. Yes. Oh, the beach. Do you want to talk about the, the water scene, the swimming scene? Yeah. Well, okay. So the beach at night or the beach when he's young. <sighs> Whichever one, those, whichever one. But I mean, the beach is something that I wanted to ask you about because I couldn't decipher. I don't know what I want, what I think yet about the beach because the beach clearly has some kind of importance to uh, mm-hmm. his discovery, his awakening. Um, he's brought to the beach when he's young by uh, I forget the name of the the character Juan. Oh, yeah, Juan, the the, the drug dealer. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, him learning how to swim, and he's like told, like, like you're in the center of the world, bro. Like, like that, that was. It's the first time that he's ever felt like he built, like he's wanted by someone in the world, um, which is very mm-hmm. powerful. And then to go back to that beach um, and have his first sexual experience there um, as an adolescent, um, the beach to me is like. Uh, a, 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 fr- a free space a, 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 a open space that like you're allowed to be whoever you want to be and you're allowed to 
Um, and I, and I was just like trying to understand like what about a beach makes it that kind of a space? Is it like the, hmm. um, and, and I'm, ass- I'm assuming that has something to do with the play because the, the whole yeah. like, uh, looking blue in the moonlight, like, what is that? Um, so the play is based on Terrell Alvin McCraney and Barry Jenkins experience growing up in, they, they grew up in Liberty city in Miami. Okay. Um, I didn't look into the play much. Maybe we can put something about that on our IG stories. Um, but also it's funny, this movie's called Moonlight and like the colors are so brilliant and luminous. Like I think yeah. you said before, it looks like everything is kind of has moonlight on it, like shining mm-hmm. on it. For sure. Yeah. Um, did you have any... Is there like a certain scene or moment that really stands out to you? Um, the, the shots where he's being yelled at by his mom is so like, I, this is not a scary movie, but that is some scary shit. Like that mm-hmm. is, and like, um, like you were saying, like the realism of this movie, like that is just like a wake up call. And, and, it's cool how that they introduce that as like, that's the wake up to like, because that is something that would haunt you in your adult life. Like he wakes up dreaming about like being yelled at as a kid by his mom, um, who is a crackhead. Um, put it lightly. Yeah. Um, I think that was like the most powerful scene to me. It was just like, wow, this is like so scary. And it, so much of the movie and like what's going on, the way the characters act, the way, um, the, the plot develops is all tied back to this absolute like disdain that the mom has for even giving birth to this person, which it goes back to the theme about not feeling wanted. Like if oh, you yeah. aren't even wanted by the person who birthed you into this world, who wants you? But that here? is so common. That is so common. That's what I'm saying. And then like that is what makes this the, the, the central theme of this movie so powerful is that like, if even if your mom makes you feel like you're not one in this world, where are you to find that like sense of belonging in anyone? And that's why he struggles with any kind of like intimacy, any kind of like emotional connection to anyone is because he was never in a position where he felt like it was earned. He never felt like he earned anyone's love, anyone's trust, anyone's yeah. Yeah. Happiness. He never earned happiness from anyone in this entire world. I don't usually like coming of age movies. I'm going to be honest. Um, I feel like they're usually kind of kitschy. They're usually like morally uh, instructive. Um, Like I don't like Lady Bird. I don't know how you feel about that. But um, I really like this movie. And I think this is like a beautiful story about growing up and how hard that is. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think that a parallel I kept drawing in my brain was watching this and mid nineties. I love mm. mid nineties, but I think I like, this, I like this one a little bit more, but the parallels are, are evident. Like the growing up in abusive home, the coming of age story, the finding, well, it's a little bit different because in the, in mid nineties, he finds like a, he finds people who do, they don't like, they're not very, upfront about it but they do care about him like the skaters take him in as like a family and he in the mm. end he finds like a home for i'm sorry i just burped in the microphone <laughs> he, they find uh, a home for him 
Whereas here it's like much more, but at the same time, like the, 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 where he's coming from, like where Chiron is coming from is so much harder um, to overcome. And so I, by the end, he doesn't overcome it in the way that mid nineties does. But I thought that it was very interesting that there's like two very similar coming of age, like abusive parent movies in the A2, A24 catalog. Yeah. Um, one about growing up as a white suburban kid in like suburban California and then discovering skateboarding, which is very relatable to a lot of people. Yeah. And growing up very poor in Florida as a black kid in like the crack epidemic, which is also very relatable to a lot of people. I think this movie, these both these movies um, are both just amazing reflections of the American experience for so many kids. There are yes. so many kids who grew up in abusive homes, in poverty, mm. that just don't have any kind of like hope. And these movies are very powerful ways to convene that there is hope, even in the worst of yeah. circumstances. And so I think it's really good. To, that, oh. Unfortunately, these are not movie, not movies for kids, so the kids aren't watching these. But to have grown and up, should hope not in a similar situation, and then to have watched these movies, I feel like must be very empowering. I hope it's very empowering because um, these are very real struggles that most people or a lot of people struggle with. Well, did you feel empowered by this movie at all? Um, there was a lot that I can't relate to because I'm not American. I am not black. I did not grow up in like. Yeah, sure. Poverty sure. the way that these people did. But there are things that I did really I did relate to like um being like being bullied in in school and being like fe- feeling like you don't necessarily belong yeah. with certain groups. Like you 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 feel pressured. There's mm. scenes early on where Chiron like feels pressured to be with the cool, like the fighting kids and like yes. compare compare dicks to the other <laughs> yeah, no, fighting kids. That's what they're doing, and that's what everyone's doing, apparently. Um, yeah. And I've definitely felt like, like as, as, a, as, a, as a male, as a, mm. as a boy growing up, like there is like uh, uh, all these aspects of toxic, toxic masculinity, like the, the overt physicality that everyone needs to constantly be like mm-hmm. fighting each other and being very aggressive and at the same time being very um, uh, tribal and very like, like um, ganging up on, on people who don't agree with you. Yeah, um, those are all things that I related to immediately watching this. So I read a quote. Um, there's a film critic, J. Ken Stuckey, who said masculinity is the main antagonist of this movie. What do you think about that? Whoa. Yeah, no, totally. That's yeah. damn. That's <laughs> so, sorry. So let's let's do some trivia. Because I need to, because there's a lot about this movie. There's a lot of this movie is clearly very deliberate with a lot of its shots, especially like when this movie decides to become a film, quote unquote, <laughs> stars, asterisk, film. There's a lot of shit that like I'm like, this is clearly like a, a reference to something that happened earlier, or this is a yeah. um this is like a symbolic representation of something. So I want to know these Easter eggs. So please take it away, Anna. This movie has fire trivia. Okay, so I want to give some context to our listeners. We picked this movie because it's Black History Month. We want to celebrate Black excellence. So I want to start off with the fact that this is the first movie. This is the first LGBTQ movie. And it's the first movie with an all-Black cast to win Best Picture. Huge. That's huge. Um, It had a pretty small budget. Only like one mil. Um, 
which is actually, it may, this is the lowest, how do I put this? This is the lowest budget best picture winning movie. Really? Ever. Wow. Yeah. Rocky from 1976 was lower, but if you adjust for inflation, Moonlight okay. actually, yep. Inflation has been hitting us quite hard lately. I think oh. we always have to adjust for inflation at this point. Like, Every like day to day, you have to adjust for inflation. Every day, um, my coffee costs one dollar more. Dude, um, Brad Pitt was an early financer of this movie. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay, so Mahershala Ali, who plays Juan, the drug dealer, only had twenty minutes of screen time, and he won Best Supporting Actor Damn. for twenty minutes of screen time. Like, I feel like there might be other, like, you know, generic bullshit white actors who long, long ago won for much less. Oh, but, yeah. But also, this is the best acting of his career, I think. This acting is the every Ooh. actor in this movie is incredible. I want to pull are up the, on the, another the... level. Um, he Mahershala Ali is the first person of Muslim faith to win an Academy Award for acting, which, hmm. like, damn. Um, Barry Jenkins' own mother uh, suffered from addiction. So this movie was like very personal. Oh, um, and he had a yeah, lot that of... That makes it way more powerful. Yes, yes. Um, Chiron is... Or Chiron um, is the name of a centaur in Greek mythology, which I don't really know how that ties into the movie, but it's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's talk about the fucking Oscars oh, fiasco. Please. Yeah. Okay, so... This is also the first Academy Award uh, to win Best Picture. No, wait, what the hell am I saying? This is the first movie to win an Academy Award for Best Picture written and directed by a Black person as well. Just want to fit that in there. But Cool. Okay, so basically I did some digging because I love tea. um, And I did some digging on what happened. So basically we're at the 2017 Academy Awards, like you said. They announced, so who, okay, let's talk about who was announcing, because I think that's important. That was it's a big like, year for nominees, I remember. Like, there were a lot of really good, there's Whiplash, La La oh, Land, yes. like, that was a good-ass year for movies. So, I forget who was announcing the best picture, basically, it was, like, two older actors. So, what happens um, in an awards ceremony is, like, um, what is the name of it? Yeah, Price PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, is like the firm that gets like sets up the envelopes or whatever so they mixed up the envelopes so the envelope that was handed to the announcer uh, it was Faye Dunaway Warren Beatty is the guy who said it was La La Land when it wasn't so they hand the envelope to Warren Beatty and they accidentally gave him the envelope for best actress which so the envelope said Emma Stone La La Land so Warren Beatty opens it and he's like okay I guess it's La La Land so that's what they say and you see you can see him he shows his co-producer and they're like, yeah, I guess it says La La Land, whatever. So th- you're right. La La Land, the cast gets up on stage. They're in the middle of their speeches when PricewaterhouseCoopers, the people are like, no, 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 this is wrong. They get up on stage, they interrupt them and they're like, no, you guys, it's actually Moonlight. Moonlight won. I'm sorry, La La Land didn't win. People are like, what the fuck? And I remember seeing this picture. We'll post it on our Instagram, but um, they hold up the card that says Moonlight for best picture. And they're like, see, like, moonlight one it is moonlight okay which and then and then pandemonium right pandemonium well i mean like i think people were really uh rooting for moonlight because of all the like the accolades and like all the the firsts that you just mentioned it is fantastic that 
to, to be recognized for that. Um, but I feel like the La La Land people were like, eh, like La La Land is so good. Everyone <laughs> loved La La Land. So I, I hated La La Land. I think La La Land no is so way. overrated. No I think way. La La Land, we got to talk uh, about this, La La Land. Too. I will take this to the grave that this is so <laughs> overrated. Um, but sorry. I so I, I, it, It's really good, but it's definitely not the like best picture of the year. <laughs> I, I have the list right here. Let me read to you. Sorry. Whiplash was not on the list that year, but Arrival was on the list that year. Everyone fucking loves that movie. And I'm Arrival like, is it's a space amazing. movie. It's a space movie. And space movies will never win Best Picture, which is why Ooh. Dune will not win Best Picture. Oh, but hot take. I, I want it to win, but I know it won't because no space movie, especially one with like fat, ugly, barren alien will not win. Like, there's no it's way. got Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, though. Um, but please, Manchester please. by the Sea. I don't remember any of these movies. I Manchester by the Sea is the saddest movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, Hell or High Water. I don't remember that. Hidden Finger. Hidden Figures with Pharrell Williams produced this movie. Yeah, it was about the three black math. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Hacksaw Ridge. I don't remember that. That's a war movie. And Fences. Uh, which is, is there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, like this one is also about it's Denzel Washington. Um, I've never seen this movie. Um, I mean, do you think it should have? Do you think Moonlight? I mean, I know your answer, but Moonlight should have won instead of 100%. La La Land. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I think the cast should have all won Best Actor this mm-hmm. year. Um, I definitely think it should have won. Like in this list, my second pick would be Arrival, but Arrival is not nearly as good as Moonlight. Like, yeah, um, it's really a shame that, like you said, there's a lot of firsts for this movie, and it's a shame that that sometimes get gets eclipsed by this whole mix-up drama scandal. Yeah, because like it, it makes it feel like in some ways that it's not deserved, or that it was like you know, like yeah, it, like there's there's doubt, which there wasn't. There was no doubt that they won. Also, holy um, fuck, that is so embarrassing for everyone involved. Like yeah. that is embarrassing. P- Price Water PwC better have gotten fired after that. Like, there's no way. I just feel bad for like the presenters. No, I feel bad for the cast of Moonlight. Obviously, they should have gotten their moment. They got their moment. I remember them going on stage though and and giving their speech. Like they gave them the. They didn't like cut them off fast because they lost time. Yeah, true. Which true. they made up for their. They at least they did that. At least. Um, Word. Do you have any other cool trivia? Um, um, yeah, let me think, think, think with my brain. Um, that was like, brain. think. <laughs> be so smart. Be so smart. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really cool trivia, and I encourage people to go on. I am like as always. Get a little high. Go on IMDb's trivia section of whatever movie you're watching, and fucking dive in. Um, yeah, there's a, there's like cool trivia. A lot of it is surrounded, um, or like a lot of it surrounds like all the different acting because different actors play Chiron, but then different actors also play Kevin, who's his main kind of best friend and then grows up to be the lover. Um, and, um, yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) I think the, the the one thing, if I had to say like one critique, 
which isn't yeah. really a critique because like, how do you fix this? But like, um, as they evolve through the story, every other character is replaced by an older version of themselves. The mm-hmm. only one that doesn't get replaced, which I totally understand why, it's because she probably charges so, like she probably got paid so much to be in this movie. Yeah. Janelle Monet plays <sighs> Teresa. Yeah. She is so hot, like so, so, so hot. She's gorgeous. Gorgeous in this movie. And like, she's also like the mother figure to him because mm-hmm. he never had that, that like figure in his life. It makes sense why they kept her because like, um, she plays a big role in his life and also mm-hmm. like she needs to be like it needs to be instantly recognizable that that is Teresa. yeah good point and i and later on in the movie they even like they start like referencing her more without showing her because they can't show her because in the chronology she would be way older yeah but i do think it was kind of weird that like we see Teresa as a like you know 30 year old ish around there as when chiron's a kid and then chiron grows up over 15 years yeah and Teresa's the same age like this is kind of weird that was the only time that I was kind of confused about the timeline yeah that's fair I feel like that is kind of minor um Mm -hmm. but I will say I so I love how Chiron is played by different actors because I feel like when you grow up you are different people like I'm a completely different person than I was like x amount of years ago I like how much the the like black like older Chiron is has this like false sense of confidence because yes. everyone yeah. as an adult even if you had the shittiest childhood the shittiest adolescence as an adult you just have to live with the fact that this is who you are and so even if you are <laughs> like well. even if even if you did have a bad upbringing and you didn't really have the opportunity to like discover who you are and what you want to be in in life eventually and, and like he explains it like i went to jail and that really like changed yeah. everything for me but i think it's true that in general like most people just kind of become adults and like don't really get to choose what they become as an adult they just kind of become who they are and yeah. with that comes this this fake confidence that this is who you are when in fact you don't have to be this like just because you turned out this way doesn't mean you can like change your life around and we see this with Chiron at the end like he he realizes that like no I don't have to just be a drug dealer like uh like 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 the I keep bringing his name the the character oh Juan Um, Juan I don't have to be like Juan like Juan Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to be like this like closed off person who can't be intimate with people. I don't have to be this like flexor who just fucking rides dirty in his car. Yeah. Music. With the grills though. They're nice. Like, yeah. The, the grins, the grills are fire, but at the same time, like he's, he's like, is this it? Like, is this all I get to be in life? So, and, and so that, this that, movie, that was really well done. This movie made me think to myself. I asked myself, am I who I am today because I picked that person or am I who I am because it is like the natural trajectory for me? It's a little bit of both. I think, I think it's like you find yourself in these positions because of your experiences, but at the same time, there's nothing stopping you from challenging those experiences and, and growing from them. And the only way you can grow from them is to acknowledge that they happen and like to understand like him, reflecting on his like childhood like what he went through is really the first step to overcoming such hardship 
Do you think um, that happens when he goes to like visit his mom in rehab or like goes back yes. to Kevin? The the last third of this movie, I think, oh. is amazingly amazing. This, this movie could have fallen apart in the third act. Like you're right. Shira, like Black could have been the worst, like despicable, shitty dude. Mm-hmm. And like the in in that case, the moral of the story is not that you can change who you want to be. It's that we unfortunately have to live in a world where you just kind of carry this baggage. Your, you are yeah. a product of your environment and your upbringing, which unfortunately a lot of people are because they don't realize that this that these experiences are a learning opportunity for you. Yeah. Um, um, you're you're right about the last third of the movie. Um, the it's very sobering. Part, it's a lot of like reflection. Sobering. The scene with uh, Chiron and Kevin um, where, cause they, okay. So they like had a beautiful, like very, you know, young, like sexual kind of relationship. And then something happens with them. I don't want to spoil the movie. And then after they're estranged for a while, they like reconnect sort of. And the scene where they're talking and he's like, you're the only man who's ever touched me. Like, like that was one of the best scenes I have ever watched like amazingly the, acted too like the you acting. feel the tension like between them by the end of the movie you feel like you are Chiron you feel like you're or you feel like this is your life you know because it mm-hmm. the, I mean the editing and the directing is perfect and I don't really I use the word perfect all the time but I actually mean it like this time yeah hell yeah, yeah. a really a, an interesting point that I wanted to bring up on this sh- on this podcast, the pod, um, the pod, which is like the the only note I took. This is one of those movies that like it was so uh, captivating that I didn't take notes. Yes, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like I needed to take notes. I I usually take notes after the movie as well as during. Like I I like jot down things and then add to them later. But this mm-hmm. movie, there's just it's it's so um, there's so much that I couldn't. Even, I didn't even know where to begin with, yeah. with my notes. But something that I noted down that I was like, this is a little bit uh, confusing, but maybe that's the point. So let me know. I'm going to read this, my notes out to you, and you let me know what you think about this. So uh, a feeling I had throughout most of the movie was that the, the time, the chronology of it all is very blurred together. Because even when, when he's a kid and he's growing up in the 80s, I'm assuming, right? It's the 80s that he's growing up in. Because... The last, I, I worked my way backwards because Black lives in like modern day. He lives in modern day Georgia. Like he has a, he has a smartphone. He drives like a vintage car, but like there, he's listening to like, uh, what's that artist's name? Jeremiah? Jeremy? The, the listeners the, tell us in the comments. He's listening to modern hip hop, which is yeah. like, okay, this is the modern day. So I'm assuming I worked my way backwards. So like 10 years. Okay. That's Chiron living in the nineties, growing up yeah. as an adolescent, early two thousands, late nineties. So kid Chiron grew up in the eighties, which lines up with the crack epidemic. It lines up with um, the technology that they're using. Like they all have like shitty old CRT TVs. Yeah. That makes sense. But there's a lot about this movie that like does not fit the time. Like the cars they drive. Are, are vintage at, throughout like they're all mm. old 60s cars um not only that but like the music they listen to they're listening to music from like decades prior if they yeah. were growing up in the 80s they would be listening to like 
Michael Jackson, which I understand like they would not be playing this because like the rights are probably way more expensive to get like like 80s pop. Yeah. Um, but it's not like it's not funk. It's not disco. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of anachronisms. It's it's like vintage soul music, and I was like, that's really interesting, that they that the 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 timeline and the chronology of this is very ambiguous, um, and so the way I interpreted that was that um, a lot about this movie and a lot about like what makes these characters like who they are, um, is a reflection of like just the African American experience in the times that they live in, right? So like. Yeah. The, the the reason that he has such a Sharon has such a bad up like a, such a terrible upbringing is because his mom is a crack addict and that's just like a, a like plague across black America in the in the 80s and 90s so it was created by the addict. US government exactly you know what I mean like yeah. that that so so that is like part of like the, like the experience um the ambiguity of all like these time, like like which time we're in right now, just reinforced the fact to to me that all of these things that are like hindering these communities and this community in this instance specifically, um, have not gone away. They have not like like we have not made up for any of these problems. These problems oh, yeah. are all still very present. And so even though like the movie has clear chronology and is, is set in real time, like a real timeline and theoretically should make sense. There's a lot of parts of this movie that you, you feel like you're in a different time than the one you should be in. Mm-hmm. And it's because, and it's because a lot of this stuff doesn't change. A lot of this, the, the same problems that plague these communities are still a problem today. So when you feel like, yeah. Oh, like I thought that was, I thought that was an old, like I thought that we solved this problem, but no black still sells crack today. Like that is still like a thing that goes on. And, um, I just wanted to know, did you feel like confused at times about like the timeline or did things seem out of place in the timeline? So that's um, a really, that's a, I mean, that's a really, this is a really interesting point that you're bringing up because I didn't even think about this. So I feel like you're, you're really thinking on a, on a level, you know? Um, I also watched this movie because I'm like deranged. I watched part of it at the gym when I was doing my uh, power <laughs> walk on the treadmill. Just crying on the treadmill. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Um, I didn't pay attention to the chronology because I was captivated by all the other moving pieces. But I mean, do you think it was deliberate? That's, that's my question. I don't know. I don't know if it was deliberate. I feel like if it wasn't deliberate, it's just a, a, a small oversight in like these, the, the, the props, the set design, the, 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 like what, what is used to tell the story is a little bit, whatever that happens in movies all the time. But if it yeah. is deliberate, I think it's genius because it, yes. it just reinforces that um, the themes of this movie, like what the, what the, what is happening to the characters and what, what they are thinking, what they are experiencing um, is timeless. It, it, it has happened in the 60s. It has happened in the 70s. It has happened in the 80s. It has happened in the 90s. It happens in the early 2000s. And it happens today. It happens in every decade. Um, and I think that it, it, was, it, it is one of the things or one of the, the kind of like mechanisms they use to show that there are real obstacles in this world just beyond people 
that yeah. stop you from trying to become something else. Oh, like it's not, a thousand it's just, percent. It's not just the people that you grew up living with. It's the places you lived in. It's the, what is going on around you that, ch- that s- tries to, to like contain you in a certain way of growing up and a certain yes. way of being. Yeah. It could kneecap you before you're, when you're still child. So like when, when black rides the same vintage car that he grew up riding in. Yeah. It's like nothing has changed. Like he is the same fucking like drug dealer that, you know, has not learned from, you know, his experiences has not like taken this as an opportunity to, you know, challenge who he wants to be. He just accepted that this was life as he knew it and that this was what he was going to become. And even Um, if, oh, sorry, continue. No, 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 that was was my point. That's my point. I was just going to say, even if he wanted to, these systems of oppressions, these constraints are Are all all encompassing they are all around you there is you cannot escape them um which is why i'm leaning towards it must be deliberate because oh that's brilliant actually like the the lie we tell ourselves that the future is somehow more advanced and somehow much different than the past just because it's forward in time and even like him moving to atlanta to escape it all he moves to a different city and finds himself in the exact same circumstances that's such a good point yeah well at the end we see a little bit of it changing maybe yes but but the that's because he comes back yeah right leaving and coming back does he realize wow i left to try and like you know well i left because i went to jail but i left and then tried to start anew somewhere else and in coming back and reconciling with his mom and reconciling with kevin he realizes that like, no, like that was not like it, that didn't get me anywhere further than if I had just stayed here. Like I am no better off here, like in Atlanta than I am yeah. here. Um, yeah. And so that's again, why the ending is so good. Um, um, that is an amazing point. I didn't even, I'm so glad you brought it up. That was that that's my takeaway from this movie is that it's okay. it's more than just yeah. the characters. It's more than the characters. It's it's everything around you that uh that influences your your being. So uh, uh why you should watch this movie. Yes. Um, yes. Let's recommend this movie highly, to highly recommend. Yes. I was um, I was going to ask you what you wanted to rank it in your A24 cuz you're much more of an A24 groupie yeah connoisseur than i am (laughs) you have a much more refined palette than i do so where would you rank this in the in the list so i love horror so horror's got to be at the top um yes i was gonna put hereditary as one no matter what yeah it's got to be like witch hereditary um um there's no wrong answers have you seen you're smiling because no, because have you seen the, the Julia Uncut Gems? Thing? No, I have not. I have. Oh, yeah. I started it and I never finished Uncut, Uncut no, no, Gems. She, Julia Fox, yeah, does the interview. I'm talking about the interview, not the movie. Oh, you're not talking about the movie. I <laughs> know. Uh, I also couldn't make it through the whole thing. I got bored. Also, Adam Sandler gives me the ick. I mean, he's supposed to in that movie, but I'm just like. So you're goodbye. ranking your top A24 movies are The Witch, The Vovovich, Hereditary. The Uncut Jams, the interview. <laughs> um, no, no, no. It's got to be, it's Witch, Hereditary. Uh, okay, you know what? I can't even rank them all because A24 does so many amazing movies. I think the Bling Ring was an OG. It's really mm. good. Um, 
We brought that up before. We've talked about the bling ring before. I've never seen it. Sofia Coppola. Ooh. You know she was married to Spike Jones, and he cheated on her with Cameron Diaz. What? Yeah. Damn. On the set of being John Malkovich. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's a deep cut trivia for us. That is listeners. deep cut trivia. Um, in the interest of being succinct, do you want to segue closing, closing thoughts? Closing thoughts. I think that uh, we should celebrate movies like this that yes. um, can't get enough recognition. Yes, hundred um, percent. That that change that 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 are not just another coming of age story about a like suburban white kid who, you know, like doesn't get his homework in on time. Like it's not just a boring coming of age movie. It's like a serious, intense, like this kid goes through things that you would never wish upon anyone. And that there are, and to think that there are like, like many people that experience this childhood um, and this kind of uh, upbringing um, and that, are able to overcome it is just like incredible. It's a, it's inspiring. Um, I think this movie does a really good job of, of encapsulating that encapsulating like the struggle, Mm -hmm. the hardships, the intersectionalities that I mentioned at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, You should watch it, watch it, watch it. Not just because it's black history month, but because it's a amazing movie that should be watched all the time. The way that Black History Month is the shortest month of the year. Like they made it yeah. the shortest. <laughs> that, uh, um, yes, why is it? I, is it because it's like, is Martin Luther King's birthday in February? Like what 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 oh. made No, MLK is in October. Oh god, I could be really embarrassing myself right now. Um I'm I'm Googling this right now. He was born in January. Never mind. Listeners, please write in. Oh, and I was close. tell us. Um, I'm curious why it's February. What made February Black History Month? I feel like that we should have looked up. <laughs> no. um, I would highly recommend this movie. It's a coming of age story. It's a love story. It's an art house piece. It's, uh, you know, it's like a celebration, not a cel- like I wouldn't necessarily call it a celebration of Black culture, but it is like. Um, all about like the black experience a portrait of black culture perfect word um i would definitely recommend watching this if you want to watch something super deep something that will elicit emotion from you um it's a beautiful movie watch it what you should watch it on our first hinge date um imagine um imagine if you were on a hinge date and the person was like do you want to watch a movie and you were like yeah and they were like okay let's watch saving private ryan What's like the worst movie the you could biggest red flag? In yeah, yeah. Movie? Um, we're gonna have a contest on our Instagram story about this. I mean, to be fair, like I would be the one recommending the red flag movie, but yeah, you I would. think that if Pisces I had mail. to like, if I had to recommend a black, a black flag, a red flag movie, um, on a hinge date, it would definitely be. Uh, it would have to be something so the room it, the room oh my god <laughs> if the room if anyone ever tells you to watch the room get up and leave and never like delete their number yes. block them restraining order <laughs> yeah, move literally. to a different state like do Don't not talk to, talk to this <laughs> um 
or like the mask. Imagine you're on a date and they want to watch the mask, like the those mask. Jim Carrey movies. <laughs> I watched a really incredible TikTok interview with Jim Carrey, like recent Jim Carrey, yeah, where he was talking about his how he's like struggling with depression and how Jim Carrey, like the 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 human, is an act, but he's not like that in real life. Like when you see him in not. like he's he well he's like really like serious. He's like I'm. Like, I'm not this person. I'm not this, like, you know, goofy guy that everyone thinks I am when I'm on, like, talk shows and stuff. Like, Jim Carrey is just an, a character as much as I am a character in all these movies you've seen me in. Yeah. Um, and the difference is um, when you're sad, it's a product of your experience. Uh, and that's why he's really good at, like... Um, at being funny and being sad and being like, he, he says it, it empowers him as an actor because he understands that being sad is literally just a product of your experience. So what you're going through right now, but depression is not sadness because depression isn't a product of your experience. Depression is the, your brain saying like, I don't like the character that you're being right now when he's being Jim Carrey, like he feels like the character of Jim Carrey that he's like living every day that he's not being an actor um, when he's suffering from like intense depression, it's like literally like the, the body that he's in doesn't want to be the actor Jim Carrey. And I thought oh, that was God. like the most like insane, like, Oh my God, that must be awful. That sounds oh horrifying. God. That's a nightmare. A nightmare. Anyway, thoughts and prayers for Jim Carrey. Oh God, Jim. He's, he's man's... <laughs> yeah. He's a, uh... I feel like Jim. I don't Carrey, know how long that, how old that interview was though. So I don't know. I want to make like a D and D alignment chart of like funny guy actors where like Steve Carell is like neutral, lawful, or whatever, and then like <laughs> Adam Sandler is like chaotic, evil. Um, I will work Do on it. that. We have yeah. an Instagram. You have unlimited access yeah. to an Insta- a movie Instagram. So, um, Ollie, what are you going to recommend for our loyal listeners, our fans? Should I say? So I actually been watching tons of stuff this week. Um, I think just like honorable mention, I started watching The Simple Life, which yeah. I have never seen. <laughs> that shit's hilarious. It's so good. They uh, shove is- their arms up cows' butts, up their up, up the cow's vagina. Like it's like yeah. to like what? Who greenlit this show? It's so funny to watch. I mean, we people love to watch rich people like embarrass themselves or whatever. But they're also like so mean to the people. (laughs) I know they are. I was like the bars, like the small town bars. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, I was watching that. That's pretty funny. Um, But okay, so I have two movies. One is a absolute must watch. Ooh. And the other is a please do not spend a dime of your oh, fucking no. money oh, ever. No, it's coming. Which one should I start with? Heads or tails? Should I flip a coin? Yeah. Uh, okay, heads, I talk about my favorite movie and tails, I talk about my least favorite. Uh, okay, it was heads. Okay. So my, my favorite movie, shout out to our... Uh, the We have a resident uh, musical correspondent Tess Capern uh, <laughs> who will answer any questions I have about musicals because I love watching musicals but I'm not uh, 
a musical connoisseur. That's you love like that's musicals? A, I love musicals. Um, <laughs> I, I just think that they're like really, anyway. Sorry, I'm get, literally hating you, on you. I, 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 the reason I don't tell anyone that I like musicals is because I totally understand the hate that musicals get. Like they are ridiculous in a lot of ways. But the, the movie I'm going to recommend for um, like everyone to go watch, which is on Netflix, is Tick, Tick, Boom, <gasps> um, which is John Larson's like biopic. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? No, but. Oh, oh, baby. Let me tell. So do you know who John Larson is? He wrote Rent, right? He wrote Rent and like is revolutionary to music like when you're shitting on musicals you're shitting on like you know like cats and like broadway <laughs> bullshit which is like fair enough like that really does suck but there's a l- other side of musicals which is like musicals for musical people and john larson is like the game changer when it came to that i got the whole yeah. like rundown from test but like nice um he is also someone who uh was not gay but grew up because he like grew up in new york in the 90s with a lot of gay people because of like the the you know the kind of circles he ran in yeah. in new york city all of his friends were dying of aids okay. and so he one of his big like themes throughout his movie is is like homophobia and like battling uh like like the stigma around the aids epidemic um but also just like the anxieties of like wanting to be successful in like late stage capitalist new york like oh god like working a in a diner by day so that you can write your musicals and like tick tick boom is a a musical he wrote yeah which is what this movie is kind of based on like the musical is a meta musical about john larson writing a musical and being like a famous musical writer it's very meta um I, i i asked tess if it was like kind of like cliche that he's like talking about you know him becoming a musical writer yeah in the musical he's writing um and whether or not that was like subversive or just like you know very cool. uh anyway it's a really good movie it it perfectly uh first of all andrew garfield can do no wrong this man oh, is incredible oh, he's like, a genius he, actor and a really good like singer oh wow you would not have thought like he's a really good performer i think that the singing is totally okay it's totally good yeah um i think that the acting is very musically if you know what i mean and it's very well done i think that uh, the sets and everything like the, the the direction like just the film in general it does a fantastic job and i think that cool. it's one of if not the best musical i've seen in recent memory um, awesome even if you don't like musicals you should check it out because it's not about just a musical it's about like what it means to be someone who does musicals in New York. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, so that's my go watch it right now. It's on okay. Netflix. My please do not do anything near this movie is the new Uncharted movie. <gasps> Tom, Tom Holland. Tom. Oh boy. Is Mark Tom. Wahlberg in that as well? Mark Wahlberg plays Ugh. Sully. Do you, have you ever played Uncharted? No. Okay. So the Uncharted, I, I had to explain Uncharted. It's a, like no, actually, I'm sorry. I have played Uncharted. It's the treasure hunt. You're it's, finishing it's like your Indiana brother. Jones, kind of. Like, the way I would explain, the way I explained it to a friend recently was like, it is young, attractive, white male, goes to foreign country, 
steals treasure and commits mass genocide, like kills thousands of people. That's just like what every game is. Like you just shoot a bunch of bad guys, steal the treasure from like Kuala Lumpur and then run Uh. away. That's literally the whole plot of the movie. Not exactly like deep, you know, lore that you're working with. So I didn't have many, much expectations for this movie, but it didn't even deliver on those. No. None of of the jokes landed, like not a single one. No. To the point where literally the the best part of this entire movie was this like woman sitting behind me with like deep throat like <laughs> every time there was one of those <laughs> jokes and i thought that her like deep throat chuckle was the like perfect description of like how funny this like funny this movie was in that it was so not funny it's um, got a 40% on rotten tomatoes it's so bad like all of the dialogue <laughs> is written by an algorithm it is not no, written no, by humans. No. this entire movie also they do this weird thing where like because it's based on video games it's it's a prequel because it's tom holland who plays like young nathan drake okay first of all all the actors including tom holland totally underact this movie but uh. it doesn't work it doesn't work at all like what makes the characters in uncharted endearing is that they're all charismatic buffoons who are just really goofy yeah. And none of that is captured. Mark Wahlberg is the worst Sully possible. I hate Mark Wahlberg, dude. Mark Something Wahlberg about him. Is not, yeah. And Tom Holland is not Nathan Drake. Like, Ooh. I'm sorry. It's just not Nathan Drake. And uh, Nathan Drake is tall, first of all. So, oh, Tom, got you there. Got him. Um, but yeah, so so the, the dialogue is just atrocious. The action sequences are stolen from multiple like they chose all the best action scenes from all of the video games that's weird and then they and then they put them all into one storyline but if you've ever played any of the games none of those events like why are they on a plane and then in this country and then in this country and in this country there's one scene where they're in spain and they're looking for like a door to get into this like ancient temple and it's in a papa john's in Barcelona. That's, and you're like, uh, what the fuck is going on? Why um, is there... Mark Wahlberg walks in, he's like, I'm literally in a Papa John's right now. And no one laughed in the movie theater. It was like, oh my god, this is so not funny. Everything Mark Wahlberg touches is a little cringe. And it's cringe because he's there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please do not go watch Uncharted. Nicolas Cage could do Uncharted, but Tom Holland couldn't do National Treasure. <laughs> <laughs> we almost watched National Treasure last night. Um, so good, so it good. is really, really. Those really movies dank. are awesome. They're dank. Have you seen them re- like lately? <laughs> They're no. Uh... Oh, honorable mention as well. The Kanye documentary, yeah, on Netflix is really good. Okay. It's like not at all what I expected. It's all like old footage from like there was a dude in Chicago when Kanye was like first popping off that followed him around everywhere he went and filmed everything he did so like it's the ultimate villain origin story Mm. because you're watching it and you're like oh my like you know you know that this like deranged sociopath is going to become kanye west but at the time he just like this very confident dude that's cool yeah makes beats and and everything makes sense Everything makes sense when you watch this this documentary. If, even if you don't like Kanye, like we were very divided in the room when I was watching it without a friend's house. Like half of us are huge Kanye fans, the other half are not Kanye fans at all. Like do not want anything to do with him. Like big 
I'm, I'm anti-Kanye. Kanye. I don't like it but anymore. You you will still like this documentary because okay, it's cool. Like I said, it's a villain origin story. Like there is, it's just interesting. It's just it's fascinating to see like mm-hmm. all these people. You see like Pharrell, Jay Z, all these people when they're like early on in their careers. My recommendation is it's based this week. Um, it's Criminal Minds. Um, wow. Okay, so I've, Plot I've twist. Never... It's the show that Anna watches all the time. <laughs> no, no. So I've never watched it before. And I oh. actually don't think it's a good, like, it's not a good show to watch because all the act, like the acting, it really takes itself seriously. It's really cliche. It's really like, the storylines are like boring, but it's such a good show to put on when you're like cleaning or getting ready for a pre or cooking. Like, um, and also it's kind of a cultural thing. Um, the whole unsub profiling thing is really like cringe kind of, they do it in like a way that's weird. Um, but I don't know, I think it's kind of funny. I think it's bad in like a funny way. Hmm. Like interesting I, to recommend that as your pick of the week in season two. Matthew Gray Goobler like gets addicted to like ketamine. Did you just say Gray Goobler? Yeah, isn't it? His name is Goobler. I think so. I have no Wait, idea what's who this his person is. what's his full name? Um, that is a can... wired pick. <laughs> um, also, I haven't. Wait, let me see. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, for everyone, um, he does a house tour with Architectural Digest where he shows he has a brick with a bunch of teeth in it by his fireplace. So check it Mm. out. (laughs) Check it out. Um, Okay, that's my pick. Cool. That's a very wired pick. I'm feeling wired today (laughs) (laughs) at at 9 p.m. on a Sunday. So Anna and I just talked off mic about how we're going to try something new and not tell you what we're going to watch next week uh, to build hype, build anticipation for <laughs> next week's episode. We're building um, hype, you guys. It's not because we forgot to ask you for a recommendation. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's not because we forgot, but it's, it's not because, because it's a forgot. secret. It's not because we forgot to plan for next week, but it's because <laughs> we like to live in the moment. Yes. Well, and we're creatives. So. We're also just creative minds. You don't understand. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So next week, expect a surprise episode, which we will uh, reveal the name. We'll probably reveal the name in the in the days leading up to it because we we'll give you clues. We'll give you clues. Oh, we can have a cl- we can have a theme reveal, but episode clues. Reveal. Yes. Um. So yeah. So expect the unexpected. Expect um more great content next week. But yes. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please send us your takes on Moonlight. Um, yes. Did it? Did we totally miss something? Did we totally get it wrong? Did Are we? we 100% right? Probably. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, DM us, um, please. Do you want to give us give them our socials so that they know where to oh yes 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 um we're cinema scum podcast on instagram we're cinema scum podcast at gmail.com um we are not on facebook because fuck mark zuckerberg Mm -hmm. and yeah you can find us there and we're on spotify we're on apple playlists we're on google playlists Mm. i mean um sorry podcast google podcasts 
my brain is uh but what you should do is you should add all of our podcast episodes to a playlist and listen to them all the time like just loop them constantly yes, because please. that definitely helps with the algorithm um and also like if you like um if you have a sec give us five stars write us a little review helps a lot looks good and it's free you don't and have to pay free. yeah any any final thought any last words ollie uh fuck uncharted fuck uncharted fuck what a uncharted. waste of my time smh my head okay guys until next time bye 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 <laughs>